0: Welcome to the first of many Red Hills. Um, I want to, I know I uh, talked a few weeks ago when we did this little pilot program of of Red Hill, of what it was, but I kind of want to just give a a recap real quick of what it is that we're going to be doing. And I want to do that by just giving you the mission or the the vision of what Red Hill is. Um, I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Greg, Greg, Greg. You know you're going to get the blame for it. It doesn't matter if they're talking or not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mission or the vision, I should say, of Red Hill is a movement that changes the way in which people think about Christ and His church. So as I was um, preparing for this and as, you know, over the weeks and the, the, actually the months that this, have went into this, um, this word just keeps popping out more and more and more, this This movement i talked last month like when we do this i don 't want it to be just another you know addition, another ministry, or nothing against a ministry, but another or a um anything that that uh, is something we've already done. I want this to be something that is um stamped approved by what God is doing in our lives and as I'm looking at this and as I'm as I was studying for this and just God pouring in on me this this movement um, I, uh, I was convicted um, Jake and I were talking about this earlier but I was convicted uh, very deeply that this movement cannot be of us uh, and, and you may be sitting there thinking, okay, wait a second, well, but we're involved, right? Yeah, we're absolutely involved, but the movement that is going to happen, that's going to be uh, the Red Hill Project, must be a movement from God. Uh, because I, I, don't want to, um, uh, I don't want to settle for what the flesh can accomplish. Uh, hear me when I say that. I mean, we can do a lot of great things um, as, as believers or as individuals, and we can settle for what we can accomplish, but what if we settle for what we can accomplish we never desire the movement of the spirit So what I want to do is what's going to set this whole thing apart is we're going to press in even harder um, in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit um, when we gather together, not only on on Wednesday nights, but when we're talking about the the Red Hill Project and we're talking about this movement, we don't want to talk about just things that are um, fancy gimmicks or strategies that we're able to execute on our own. We want to talk about big plans, big ideas, big dreams, big prayers in which God alone is going to be the the one that gets the glory for. Amen? Amen. All right, so as I, was, as I was preparing for this and as um, just uh, my, my mind wanted to go somewhere um, with this or my, my, the direction that I wanted to go, well, God said, no, this is what I want you to do. Uh, and, and it all came down to what he want, wanted me to do and what, what he wants us to do today is just read Acts 2 together. That, that's going to be the, the, my entire uh, message for you. The sermon that is going to be, we're going to read through Acts 2. Because what we're going to see in Acts 2 is, is um, there were people who came together and the, the, a mighty movement happened. And, and this mighty movement had a, 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 um, uh, the fruit of or the, the product uh, or the outcome of this movement was uh, 3,000 souls came to Christ. Um, I was uh, like, I was telling Jake earlier, that kind of freaks me out. Uh, would I love to see that happen? Absolutely. But we don't have enough toilet paper for 3,000 souls right now. <laughs> Greg says we can get it, right? We can get it. But what I want us to do is, <laughs> I want us to press in so we have that problem. And I don't want it to, to be like some kind of gimmick in which I have done or some kind of gimmick in which the, the, the uh, leadership of our church has accomplished. I want us to be able to say, man, look what God's doing. Look what he has done. So l- let's do this. We're going to just read and uh, we're going to see what, what what God does uh, through all of this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. I, I I know, I'm going to try to get through this, but look at that. They were all together in one place. There was a commonality between them. They weren't just scattered all over the place. They, they came together in, in one place. We know the reason they were in one place, um, and, and we know that up until this point, they didn't have the boldness in which is going to uh, they're going to have here in, in, in a few verses. But they were all together in one place. I, I think that, um, again, that is paramount for us as believers in Christ to understand that, it is very important that we come together in one place. Granted, we do life out there, but we have to come back together in one place. Why are we to come together in one place? Because we're to stir one another up. That's what Hebrews tells us. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Now, let me hear. Let me, let me say this. It was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. This is not like they were sitting there and all of a sudden their, their toupees are getting blown off and everything. It was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. It, it, it was something that was very, very, very noticeable. If, you're, if you have a background like, like me, um, uh, and you are raised in, in the Baptist tradition, right now we're kind of getting antsy because, okay, we're starting to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about divided tongues of fire, and we're going to talk about people speaking in tongues. Just, just hold on a second. I'm anxious enough for us all. <clears throat> That's why I'm worshiping, right? We're supposed to worship instead of worry. That's why we're worshiping. And it says, and it filled the entire house. They were sitting, where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Understand, up until this point, they were not filled with the Holy Spirit. And why is that that important to to note? Well, because we know that they all scattered when Jesus was, uh, was murdered. And we understand that they, were, they did not have the boldness until they're filled with the Holy Spirit. It says, And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is where the, 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 those of us raised Baptists and we were like, Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, make sure you define tongues. Now, I'm not even going to do that because the Scripture speaks. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, what, what sound was that? It was the, 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 the mighty Russian wind and the, the speaking. At this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So they, the, this, this movement started. This movement wasn't as if, okay, Peter's sitting there and he looks over at John and he kind of winks at him. He looks over to Bartholomew and he gives him a little, you ready for this? And they start doing all this. It was suddenly, it happened because God stepped in. Do you see that? Do you remember what, what Jesus says in, in uh, Acts chapter 1? He says, you know, you're going to go go back to Jerusalem and wait until the power comes upon you because I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, to all the world. So they were sitting there, they were prepared, they were waiting, and it, if this happens, and they were amazed and astonished, saying... So the, the ones who were amazed and who were astonished were not the, 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 the disciples here. And, and understand, this is not just the, um, the 11 disciples sitting around. This is a, a large group. The, the, the disciples with the ladies with there was probably 120 or so, if not more, in this, um, in this gathering that the divided tongues of fire were, were upon. And it says that though they were amazed and astonished, that those who were hearing. Not the disciples, but those who are hearing the disciples speak. And not all these who are speaking, I'm sorry, are not all these who are speaking Galileans. And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygera, or Phygia, whatever, confident and fast, right? Phygia and Pamphylia Egypt and the parts of Libya Libya beyond or belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes Cretans and Arabians we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God don't don't, don't let that go past or, or just kinda come in your in your ear and just kinda just float around let it come in and sink into your heart that what were they speaking they were speaking, they were hearing, the, the, the words that were coming out of these people's mouths, they were hearing the mighty works of God. It, it wasn't just a confusion, it wasn't just a cacophony of sound, it was they were hearing the mighty works of God. How are they hearing the mighty works of God? Because the Holy Spirit has now indwelt them, the power has come upon them, and the, the, the reaction from the power coming upon them is they're speaking about God. I mean, that, that I don't know about you, that gets me juiced up, because it's like, okay, I want, I want that power. I, I'm not saying that, that you don't, but that's the desire in which we should have. I want that power. I want that power not to make Lee's name great, not even to make this church's name great, to, but, but to make God's name great. And you see how that goes. He says It says, okay, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They had you know, fire dancing on their heads. Um, hopefully they didn't have any hair, so it wouldn't singe it. Um, I, I don't know, right? <laughs> but the, the fire was there, and, and the words weren't, hey, look at Hey, Peter, you got fire on your head. No, they were speaking about God, the mighty works in which he's done. It goes on, it goes on to say, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? And this is a normal reaction. Uh, I, I think I said this on Sunday. Maybe it was in here. Maybe it was in uh, with, with the, uh, the Sunday school. I'm not sure. But th- this is a normal reaction for someone who doesn't understand the cross of Christ. It's kind of like uh, trying to explain the color purple to someone who is blind. How do you do that? This, they were perplexed here. It says, but others mocking said, and this is another, you know, this is a very um, uh, relevant uh, uh, um, reaction to, for some. Others said, well, you know, they're just filled with new wine. They've been tipping it a little bit too much. That's why they're speaking like this. But it doesn't make any sense because they were making sense. They were, were speaking with boldness. Granted, I understand that the people say that, 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 that beer and wine and, and alcohol, whatever, is courage in a bottle. Well, yeah, but this, this was beyond courage in a bottle. This was a boldness that we know that these men, um, and, and, and there's some women here too, that were killed because of their faith, because of what, what it is that they're, they're uttering, because of what it is that they're speaking. And here it is. Verse 14 but peter standing with the eleven lifted up his voice and addressed them i don't know if anybody else i'm sure there's some of you are like okay this is huge huge right peter he stands up in front of all these people and is addressing them why is this so important well because, yes, he denied Christ. We, we know, um, if you, back in, in the Gospels, it talks about how um, a, a servant girl came up to uh, Peter on the night that, that, that Jesus was um, kidnapped, he was murdered, he was, he was taken in, um, he was being put on, on, in, on trial, and the, this servant girl said, aren't you with him? And he says, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. But he denies him three times, and he, he denies Christ to someone who really didn't have any authority or any any, um, effect on him. But now he has this boldness from, all of a sudden, is this boldness to stand up in front of thousands of people and address them. Huge, huge. And he says this, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's only like nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk yet. It's not five o'clock somewhere, right? Um, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Hear this. Whew, this is awesome. The Spirit comes in, empowers him to start talking, start speaking boldly. What does he do? He quotes Scripture. Scripture. Don't ever minimize the power of God's Word when God's Spirit's going to move. God speaks to us through His Word. He illuminates His Word through his, with His Spirit. And that in Spirit is his dwelling inside of us. So we're talking about, we, we want those interactions with people with, that we come in contact with. We want to be able to speak the, word, uh, of, of the words of Christ. We want to be able to share the Gospel that comes through understanding or reading His Word. Because that word has to be put in so then the, the, the Holy Spirit illuminates it and lets us understand and brings to remembrance so it can come out. This wasn't uh, Peter just all of a sudden, he, he had no idea about the prophet Joel and all of a sudden, boom, it, he was struck by lightning and all of a sudden, bing, and just start quoting Joel. I'm sure he knew this. it was implanted into him at a, at a younger age. It's the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance, and at the time in which it's needed, he is here going to, to communicate this. It says, "In the last days it shall be God, or it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The, sh- the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. I, I love how he-, he says that, the great and magnificent day. We should not fear as believers in Jesus Christ, the coming of the Lord. So when people are going, to oh, freaked out, like, I don't know, the end of the world's coming. We need to be saying, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come quick. Let's go. Let's get, let, Take me home. Because it is a great and magnificent day. It shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. That's not like when getting into a, a, a gym saying, hey, Jesus, I need your help. Now, when we call on the name of the Lord, we're putting all of us onto him saying, Hey, I, I, I can't do it. This has got to be you. I'm calling on you. I'm trusting in you. All my belief, everything is in you. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. So he's saying, uh, you know who I'm talking about. This is no one that, that, that is just kind of um, catching you by surprise. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Remember um, uh, 50 days ago, the guy that you, uh, that, that you, you murdered? That, that guy I'm talking about. The guy that you tried um, illegally, that's the guy I'm talking about. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified. I love this. This is boldness, right? I, I can see and He's pointing his finger. You crucified You have made known to me the paths of, of life. You will make full of gladness your presence. He goes on, Brothers, I may say to you with confidence. I, I love that. That's what we get in the, it, with, it, through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit is confidence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the, Patriot da- the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. and That he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, I love, those are another one of those, those couple words that that that, that just... Just grabs at my soul. This Jesus God raised up. So he's being very specific. Not another Jesus, this Jesus, okay? This Jesus God God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. We've seen it with our own eyes. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So he's saying everything that's going on, everything that, that we're speaking, what you're seeing, how you're hearing us. All this has been, has been is poured out because of the, the or by the, the promise from the Father of the Holy Spirit. This is all a work of God. This isn't us with, with eloquent words. Paul talks about that in, in 1 Corinthians. Like, I didn't come to you with eloquent words or, ho- ho- lot or lofty high speech. I came to you just preaching the cross of Christ. Preaching Christ and Him crucified. It says here, For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? They were cut to the heart. These words that were being spoken to them cut them deep. When it means cut to the heart, it's not just like, yeah, I hear it. Okay, i got to do something about it. No, it was, they had no other um, reaction other than to react to this. They were cut to the heart. Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone who the Lord our God calls to himself. With many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received this word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. I'm going to end with, let me stop right there. Because I don't know about you, that stirs something up inside of me that says, man, I want to worship. I want to raise my hands. I want to raise my voice. I just want to cry out to God. Maybe I want to get with a brother or sister. I want to pray, whatever it may be. I want to do something in response. Because as this said, these men and women who did not know Christ, did not have a relationship with Christ, even they said, man, we got to do something. What is it that we got to do? So, brothers, sisters, here's what we have to do, as it says, repent. We, we, um, as believers in Christ, as the great reformer Martin Luther said, that our life should be a life of repentance. We should be turning away from sin, turning to God. We that's that changing the way in which we think. So if we're going we're gonna to be a, a part of a movement of God to change the way in which people think about Christ and his church, we've got to change the way in which we think. We've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've got to be able to be bold to step out. We've got to be able to do what it is that he wants us to do. We've got to be able to, to be willing to take that step. But This is awkward. Yes, absolutely it's awkward. But you have the power of the eternal God inside of you. Keep that in mind. Let's pray. Our Father God, once again, we thank you, God. We love you, God. As we enter into this time um, further of worship, as uh, the songs are played, as uh, we can just be with brothers and sisters, as we can be just gathering your house, God, my prayer is that, 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 that you're heard, you're seen, you're felt, God, that you move among us, God, that, that, that as we um, as we sing, as we cry out, it's not um, where we're worried about what's going on around us. We want to just do um, our, our best to, to, to worship you in song. And God, as we do have um, the elements for, for uh, communion, we ask that you bless those elements for those who are going to partake of those. Uh, God, I ask that uh, you, your name is sought after. Uh, God, I ask that, that, that any movement that happens, that you get the glory. But we ask that we could just be empty vessels for you. You fill us up with your spirit. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.